We are so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, we hear a great message that we pray will lead you to a new and deeper level with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. Hey, good morning. Like Pastor John said, my name is Nathan. I'm the teaching resident here at Brentwood Church. And as a part of that role, I get to not only help Pastor John develop sermon content, but I also get to get up here and teach God's Word, which is awesome. Uh, Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4, so if you want to flip there in your Bible or click there in your Bible app, that's the direction we're going to be going. As always, you can follow along in the YouVersion Live event where you'll see the, uh, the notes for today. So my junior year of college, I started dating this awesome girl, and I really, really liked her. And as an added bonus, she liked me back, which was weird, and also kind of one of those requirements for a a successful relationship. So we had been dating for about two months. We were both college students, so we're completely broke. And one Saturday, we decided to do what all broke college students do, and we went on a date to the football game that we both got into for free. So we're, we're sitting there, the game's going mediocre, and right about halftime, she looks over at me and she says, hey, my parents are here, do you want to meet them? And I, I kind of paused, because I realized what that meant. Like, here, here I am, sitting there at a football game, not prepared for this at all, and I, I'm realizing that this is kind of a big deal. Like, I, I have one chance to convince her parents that I'm not a terrible human being and I'm standing at a football game. And, and I'm kind of weighing the, the options. And as I'm thinking about what my response is going to be, the, the words of a philosopher from Detroit start coming up in my brain. And I realize that I have one shot, one opportunity to seize everything that I've ever wanted. And so I decide to capture it instead of letting it slip. And I say, sure, let's, let's go. So we, we start walking over to the... Uh, to the money section of the stadium where the, the adults are. And after I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident, but all those insecurities start kind of bubbling up in me because it's like I'm meeting her parents. Did I wear deodorant this morning? Does my breath stink? Like, is, is my fly zipped? And so we get in the elevator and I kind of do the like, okay, we're, we're good to go. But, but the elevator starts rising and the deeper insecurities start coming up. That voice in the back of my head is like, what if her dad asks you a question about football? You don't like football. What if he thinks football is important? What if her parents are mean? What if, what if you just say something really, really stupid? And as the elevator starts going up, I start realizing that this is not going to work out. Like, I've made a huge mistake. And so I'm like, you know what? I should just break up with her in the elevator now because that's what her parents are going to make us do after they meet me. Like, I'm, I'm ready to fake a phone call when the doors open. Oh, wow, that does sound like a lot of blood. Oh, can't find his head. Hey, sorry, I got to take this. Like, it, it's just not going to work out anyways. And, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm set, and the doors open, and her parents are standing right there. And I blacked out. I, I do not remember what we talked about. But apparently it worked, because a couple of years later, they gave me permission to marry their daughter. So that was pretty cool. Um, we've all had moments like this, haven't we? Like, we've, we've all had moments where it feels like we have one shot, one opportunity to make a good first impression, and if we fail, like, we should give up and go home. You know, job interviews, first dates, meeting your girlfriend's parents, we've, we've all had those moments, right? And that's especially true when we start talking about 
reaching after and, and going after the one. Because, see, we, we're in the middle of this series where we're talking about one is worth fighting for. And, and Pastor John last week talked about that our purpose in life is to go after and invite the one. As followers of Jesus, that's what we're here on this earth for. We're here to go after and invite other people to experience the same hope and peace and abundant life that we have. And last week we talked about what that looks like, and, and it's really simple. We, we'd be their friend, right? We, we become friends with people who are far away from God, and we say, hey, I'm your friend. You know me. You can trust me. Here's how Jesus has changed my life. But a lot of the times we think that we only have one shot, one opportunity to do that, don't we? We, we sit there and we, we think that we have to have everything together in that one moment. That, that when we get ready to go share Jesus with someone, we have to have that hour-long conversation where we answer all of their questions, we heal all of their doubts, we fix all of their hurts, we cure all their disillusionment, and we have to respond to every argument that they can come up with about why they shouldn't believe and follow Jesus. And we sit there and we say, like, I'm not, I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not ready to do that. Uh, we, we sit there and we're like, uh, that... That's just not who I am. I don't have all the answers. I don't, I don't really know. And, and so to quote another hip-hop phenomenon, we say, I am not throwing away my shot. And, and we go, you know what? I'm just not going to talk about it. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not going to talk about Jesus at all. When, when the subject comes up, I'm going to say, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to fake a phone call, or it's better for both of us if we don't say this, right? And, and so we, we don't. We, we just say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to share Jesus. Because we feel that if we mess it up, that's it, it's over. Well, here's, here's the good news for those of us today who believe and follow Jesus. The weight of someone's salvation doesn't hang on you. It doesn't. It doesn't. The, the weight of someone's salvation does not hang on us. We're not the only ones responsible for helping someone believe and follow Jesus. It's, it's a long process. In fact, here's the bottom line for today. If, if you get nothing else today, here's what I want you to walk away with. Reaching the one takes time. Reaching the one takes time. And as Americans, that's kind of the last thing we want to hear, right? We, we want, he said these four things and they've decided to believe and follow Jesus. We, we want the, the go after the one app. We, we want the Amazon Prime version of this because we, we live in this weird tension where it's like, I, I, I don't feel comfortable with everything being in one moment, but I would prefer that everything be in one moment, right? Like, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be awkward, so I just want to get it out of the way as quickly as possible. And so that's why so many of us don't do this. That's why so many of us don't share Jesus because we, we sit there and we think like, hey, it's got to be in one moment, but... I don't want it to be in one moment, and that one moment's going to be awkward, so it's just better off if I don't. But reaching the one takes time. This, this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. And, and I want to pause real fast, because I know that there are some of you here today who, when we talk about the one, it gets really awkward, because you would say, that's me. I have a name. I'm not just the one. Like, I'm here. I don't believe and follow Jesus. A friend of mine invited me here. I'm, I'm not sure, like, you, you've got questions, you've got confusion, but, but you're here because, well, your friend invited you and you wanted to be nice, or the coffee's really good, or you really can't say why, but it, it's just a place that you want to be. And if, if that's you today, I want to say thank you for being here, 
And, and I want to let you know that it's okay to be in that place. One, one of the things that I hope you'll see today is that it's okay to be here and to still have questions. You don't, you don't have to walk in this door and have it all figured out or immediately commit. It's okay for you to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still thinking. I'm still trying to figure this out. And I hope today you'll gain a little bit more clarity about who Jesus is and, and what he means. Now, when we, when we talk about reaching the one taking time, I can't think of a better character in the Bible that kind of shows this and, and really demonstrates what this looks like than Peter. If, if you grew up in church, you've heard of Peter. If you haven't, you probably have still heard of Peter. Like, three guys die, go to the pearly gates, St. Peter says, and, and the punchline of the joke comes out. Like, we've, you've heard of him. He, he was the first pope. He was, you know, a follower. He was one of Jesus' disciples. He has a church, big church named after him in Rome. But today, I, I want to look at Peter and look at kind of his, his journey of following Jesus and what that looked like and, and see, one, how those of us who believe in Jesus can, can learn what it means to, to go after the one and, and how reaching the one takes time. And two, if you're here and you don't believe and follow Jesus, see what Peter went through and experienced and see how maybe that changes the way you view God and you view the church and you view Jesus. So you can flip with me to Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 20. This is right when Jesus starts his public ministry. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. I think this passage really shows us who Peter is, right? Like, who was Peter? He was a fisherman. But beyond him being a fisherman, you, you can see here kind of his, his attitude towards life. Some, some random guy walks up to him and says, hey, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Like, what does that even mean? What, what, is, what is Jesus even talking about? Who is this guy? And Peter says, all right, drops his nets and follows this dude. And, and we see this kind of in the, the rest of the gospel stories where Peter's kind of impulsive. Peter speaks without thinking. Peter's, you know, work hard, party harder. He, he kind of acts, you know, rashly and, and says some things, and, you know, he starts the fight and he finishes it. We, we see that this is kind of who Peter is. And when we, when we think about, you know, going after and reaching out to, to the one, that's kind of who we think of, right? When, when we think of people who are far from God, that, that can kind of be the stereotype that we have. And that's, that's who Peter is. So Peter spends the next two years following Jesus around. Like he, he spends two years watching Jesus preach and teach, and he, he hangs out with other people who are following Jesus around. And, and after two years, Jesus looks at all of his followers and, and asks them a question. And we see this question in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Who, who am I? Who, who have people been saying that I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked? Who do you say that I am? And this is a question that all of us have to answer, right? Like, every one of us sitting in this room have heard what a lot of different people say about Jesus. We've, we've heard that Jesus is, you know, a great moral teacher, but wasn't really God. We've heard that, that Jesus, you know, cared nothing about, only cared about reaching out to poor people and sick people. We hear that, that Jesus is, you know, 
old and obsolete and he hated gay people. Or we've heard that Jesus is, you know, the savior of the universe. And, and we hear a bunch of these different things that people say about Jesus. And the, the question that all of us have to answer is, well, who do you say that I am? Who's Jesus to you? And Peter gets up and, and he answers and he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. What, what happens in this moment? Like, what, what just happened? Peter, who's, who's been following Jesus for a long time, finally has this realization. Like, he's, he's watched Jesus heal people, he's watched Jesus teach, teach he's watched Jesus speak, and, and Jesus finally says, who... Who do you say that I am? And, and Peter gets it. Peter's like, you're the Messiah. You, you are the one that, that God sent, that God promised to send to rescue us. And, and you're here to rescue us from sin and death and evil. That's who you are. And the, the lights come on for Peter. And, and Jesus celebrates that. Like, that's a big deal. That's a big realization. And Jesus says, yes, yes, you get it. And that's, that's kind of the way our lives work, isn't it? Like, it takes time to learn and grow. See, Peter didn't have this realization right off the bat. Peter didn't, you know, walk around Jesus for, for two weeks and then say, you're the Messiah. It took two years of, of watching and listening and, and being confused and saying, I do not get what he's saying or why, why is he doing this and asking questions of other people. Who, who do you think this guy is? No, it, it took two years before Peter could, could sit there and he say, okay, based on what, what I've seen and what other people have said and, and what I know to be true, you're the Messiah. You're the one that God promised to send to rescue us. And, and Jesus celebrates that. Jesus celebrates like, hey, this is, this is good. This is a step that you've taken. Because that's, that's what following Jesus is, right? It's, it's a series of steps that we take. We, we take steps closer to him and, and we learn and we grow but sometimes we don't, right? And, and Peter demonstrates this literally two verses later in verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus, Jesus gets up there and he says, yes, Peter, you, you know who I am. Like, you, you've just said, I am the Messiah. Here's what that means. And he explains, here's, here's what it means to you, and here's what it means to me. It means that I'm going to go, I'm going to die, and I'm going to come back to life three days later. And Peter's response to that is, he takes him aside and he begins to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he says, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. See, Peter, Peter has this experience that a lot of us have where we, we meet Jesus or we hear about Jesus, we see who Jesus is and we grasp that truth. But then when we sit and we think about what that truth means to us, we pull back. We say, whoa, too far. We, we hear that, that Jesus came to rescue us. And then we realize that that means Jesus came to rescue us from 
our eating disorder. Ooh, too, too far. I don't want to confront that. I don't want to deal with that, that pain and that hurt. I want to I pull back. That's, that's, that's one place I'm not willing to go with Jesus. We say, Jesus came to set us free, which means that Jesus came to set you free from that same-sex relationship or that toxic relationship. And we say, I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't, I'm not comfortable with Jesus getting that personal with me. I, I can say, like, yeah, I, I get that, that he came to rescue me, but, but when it comes to, to that actually happening in my life, that's too much, that's too far. And, and we do that even when we believe and follow Jesus, right? You know, Jesus came to serve, so we should serve. Ooh, I don't, I don't want to serve. Jesus gave up everything for us, so we give generously. Eh, I, don't, I don't like God messing with my stuff. And this, this is what our lives as followers of Jesus look like. Because it takes time to learn and grow, but really learning and growing is two steps forward and, and one step back, right? We, we take two steps forward. We, we recognize like, hey, here's who Jesus is. Here's what he's come to do. Here's what that means I have to do to change my life and be obedient to that. And uh, I don't want to go there. And, and then we hear more truth and we go okay, I, I think I can trust God. I, I, think, I, I think that is where God's calling me to, to go, and that's how he wants me to move. And so we take that, that next step, that step of obedience, and then we take another one, and then we go, oh, this is too uncomfortable, this is too hard, and we step back. And some of you have, have been living that in, in the fast, right? Like, God has called you to, to fast, and you said, oh, I don't want to do that. And then you, you say, okay, I'll do it. And then you get uncomfortable and you're like, I am done. I am hungry. What is it? Two steps forward, one step back. And that's okay. Some, some of you needed to hear that today. It's okay. And here's why. Reaching the one takes time. It takes time. It takes time for us to learn and to grow. And a lot of the times when we, when we look at our own lives and when we look at the, the life of the, the one person that God has called us to go after, we like to sit there and say, like, man, you got to get this together. i got to get this together. Like, I have to fix this, and I have to grow. And, and I, I feel so guilty and so worthless for the fact that I'm taking one step back that, that I, I might as well not bother at all. But that's what the life of following Jesus is. It takes time to learn and grow. And in that time, we take two steps forward and one step back. And, and Jesus understood this. See, Jesus, Jesus understood this entire idea. And that's why when he, when he talks to Peter here, he doesn't say, get behind me, Satan, and actually get out of my group of disciples. I never want to see you again. He just says, hey, that's, that's not the way this works. And then they go to Jerusalem, and Peter sees how Jesus interacts with him in Jer- Jerusalem. And when you, when you read the gospel stories, it's really cool because you can see how much Jesus cares for Peter. Like, you can, you can really see that Jesus and Peter are, are friends. And, and, man, Peter does some really, really boneheaded things. Like, Peter, this is the guy who, who jumps out of a boat to walk on water and loses his faith and starts to drown. And what does Jesus do? He's right there for him. Like, this, this is the dude who denies that he even knows Jesus, and then after Jesus comes back from the dead, his response, Jesus' response is, hey, I love you, and I, I, I still love you, and I still want to use you. This, this is the guy who, when Jesus gets arrested, decides that the best thing to do is cut off somebody's ear. 
And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, like, hey, that's not okay. That's, that's not the way this works. But the whole time that he's doing that, he doesn't say, and you know what? You're going to pay for that. He says, hey, this is what God has called us to do. And, and why? Why, why, did, why did Jesus understand? Why, why would Jesus be willing to put up with that? Like, why, why would Jesus be willing to, to walk through that with Peter? Why, why didn't Jesus get frustrated and say, you know what? It looks like you're never going to get this, so it's better if we just part ways. Well, here's why. Jesus, Jesus knew that one day the lights would come on for Peter. And when they did, it was going to change his life. Flip with me to, to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. After, after Jesus died and rose from the dead, he said, Hey, I'm going to do something awesome but wait. And so the disciples all got together and they waited. They were, they were in a room together and they were all in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And, and now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound... A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. And go to verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. And Peter goes on in this moment to explain to 3,000 people who Jesus was as the Messiah, what he had done, and how that changed the way they lived. This, this is the guy who, a couple of days earlier, a couple of weeks earlier, was saying that he didn't even know Jesus. And now he's getting up in front of 3,000 people and saying, let me tell you who he is and how he's changed your life. What, what changed? What, what happened? And it's this. Long-term investment paid off. The investment that Jesus made in Peter, the friendship, the relationship, the, the hard emotional conversations, the, the time spent with Peter, walking with him as, as Peter made poor decisions or Peter was confused or Peter said, hey, I, this is too much, I'm taking a step back. All of that paid off in this moment. But it wasn't just Jesus' investment that paid off. See, before Jesus' investment could do anything, the Holy Spirit had to move. And that's, that's what we see in, in those first verses before Peter gets up. Peter has, has this understanding and Peter has this knowledge, but Peter's confused. He knows who Jesus is and, and what he came to do. And then the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit comes down on Peter and takes all of that experience and all of that investment and starts to put the pieces together. And it sweeps all of Peter's doubt and confusion out of the way. And all of a sudden, the lights go on for Peter in that moment. And Peter says, I get it. I get who Jesus is. I get what he came to do. And I get what my response is to that. The Holy Spirit took the investment that Jesus made, Jesus' hard work, Jesus' care and love for Peter, and he multiplied it and did something that only God can do, and he transformed Peter's life. And we, 
that's what we're here for. That's, that's what we exist as a church for. And, and if we go back to this idea of reaching the one takes time, that's why it's such a big deal when someone raises their hand here in service. See, for, for us who are sitting here, it's just a moment. It's, it's what happens at the, the end of the service. You know, we, we preach the word. We say, hey, if you want to respond to what God is doing, if you want to take a step to believe and follow Jesus, here's how you do that. And people raise their hands. And, and we get excited. And, but for most of us, that's, that's just a moment. That's what happens at the end of the service. But when, when we understand that reaching the one takes time, we realize that what we're seeing in that moment is the end of a long process. We're, we're seeing the, the climax and the culmination of a whole lot of hard work of people who have been begging God to, hey, God, my, my friend is confused. They're hurting. God, you need to do something in them. God, I, I need you to change my heart so that I can love them. God, I, I need you to give me chances to have conversations with them. God, I, I, I need you to do something. We're, we're seeing the end of, of long, painful, or, or joyful times when when people have conversations and they say, hey, I know you don't get it, and that's okay. But hey, I'm, I'm going to be here with you. I still love you. I'm still your friend. And when someone raises their hand and says, yeah, you know what? I'm all in. I, I want to believe and follow Jesus. We're seeing the end of years of work. And that's exciting. That's, that's more exciting than just a moment. That's, that's proof that God is moving in ways that we can't even see and the, the reason why I know that is because that's my story. I grew up in the church. I grew up going on Sunday, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and Friday if the church was doing anything fun. Like, that, that was my life. And I didn't make a decision to believe and follow Jesus until I was 18 years old. Because in that one moment when I was 18 years old, the Holy Spirit moved and they took the investment of, of teachers and of friends and of pastors and of parents. And the Holy Spirit moved and it swept away all my doubts and all my fears and all my disillusionment. And it put all the pieces together and I was finally able to say, I get it. And that moment wasn't just a moment. That was the culmination of 18 years of God moving in my life. And when you look at it that way, that's even more exciting than just, hey, somebody raised their hand. And, and all of that starts, that whole process starts with one decision. Be their friend. That whole chain, that whole process of, this is going to take time, but you know what? I'm okay with that because it takes time to learn and grow, and it's going to be two steps forward and one step back. But you know what? That long-term investment is going to pay off, and when it does, it's going to change people's lives, not just the life of the, of the person that God has called me to go after, but the lives of the people that they're going to impact. And that all starts with one decision. Hey, I'm going to be your friend. But there, there is one other thing that, that we can do. There's one other thing that we can do in this. And that's pray. We can pray. See, we, we have a saying here at Brentwood. It's, it's one of our serving values. And that's this. Prayer ignites movement. <laughs> Nothing of eternal significance is going to happen if we don't pray. 
If, if we're not praying, we're not going to see the, the movement that we desire because our investment isn't enough. We're, we're broken human people. We're flawed. Yeah, we're, we're going to have moments where we go in and we completely blow it, where we say the wrong thing, where we make people angry, where we hurt people. But the Holy Spirit can use even that. And if you're here and, and you don't believe and follow Jesus, I, I think you recognize that because you've probably been hurt before, but you're still here. You, you still came. God's still doing something, even though you've been hurt in the past. And when we say that prayer ignites movement, what we mean is when we pray, we sit there and we say, God, I, I need you to do something in my heart so that I can care for this person. I need you to, to move me into relationships with people. I need you to, to draw me into, into circumstances, and I need you to open my eyes so that I'm not afraid, so that I can sit there and I can say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to take the shot. But it also ignites movement in the hearts of the people that we're going after. We, we say, God, I, I need you to ignite movement in, in the heart of the person I'm going after. I may not even know their name yet, but I, I need you to, to start scraping away the doubt and the disillusionment and the hurt and the fear so that they can start taking steps towards you. And, and maybe, maybe it starts with a small step. Maybe it starts with, God, ignite movement in their heart so that they'll say yes when I invite them to come to Brentwood or when I invite them to coffee. God, ignite movement in their hearts so that when, when I say, hey, can, can I give you some advice? They say yes. God, ignite movement in their hearts so that when I say, do you want to believe and follow Jesus? They say yes. I'm all in. Because prayer ignites movement. But that's, that's hard, isn't it? That's, that's a lot of work. And it's draining. And it's It's difficult. And here at Brentwood, we, we get that. And so there's a really simple way that you can have people help you pray, help you go after the one. And that's this. It's community. See, one of, one of the functions that community groups serve at Brentwood is accountability. It's, it's a place where you're going to have people who are going to go up to you and say, hey, what's, what's God doing in the life of the, the one person that you've been called to go after? Hey, what, what movement is God igniting in, in your heart and in the hearts of, of other people? And sometimes you come up and you say, hey, this is what God's doing and it's awesome and that group of people is there to celebrate with you and to, to get excited. And sometimes you say, I, I don't know. It's been a long time and I'm getting discouraged. And they say, well, hey, let, let me carry that burden with you. Let me pray with you. Let's, let's both pray that God will ignite movement in your heart and in theirs. And if you want to get into a community group, you can do that today. Brentwoodchurch.org slash community. There are groups open on the website. You can get plugged into a community group this week, or you can go up to the next steps table and say, hey, I, I need some friends who will help pray that God will ignite movement. Thanks so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus, and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at brentwoodchurch.org or visit our website, brentwoodchurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.